I'm down in uh, Tralee at the moment and I can see you're all down here. You're not going to places like Santa Ponza or Crete or fucking the French Riviera. You're going to more luxurious places, aren't you? You're going to more more uh, luxurious places, more pristine isles close to home. You're going to places like Sneem, <laughs> Sneem Glenbay, Canturk, Canturk, Won't Turk. Kenmare, Kilorglin, Killarney, Tralee. You know? Going to Schnee, man. Where they made the Star Wars films. The worst Star Wars films that everyone hates. But, uh, you know, that's still something to be proud of. And, um, you know, it's good to see. But it's bad for the people of Santa Panza. That's all I'm saying. Because they, we were their bread and butter, man. You know? And not just financially, emotionally, too. Every, imagine every year we're going over there with our little, you know, our little skipping and our winks and our fucking cheeky grins and our bit of, bit of the brogue, you know, a bit of banter. They fucking love that, man. But now Santa Panza is, is Irish less. It's just tumbleweed going down. We used to line the streets now just tumbleweed. Tumble-o-weed. That's what they have over there. Um, so pray for Panza. Okay, I want to see that trending on Twitter tomorrow. Pray for Panza. Because you all love your sun holidays. So you have to get them somehow. So they're coming down to Kerry. The big KY, you know, the KY gel. The KY jelly. You need some of that KY jelly. So you're coming down here. And, um, you know, uh, for your staycations. Jesus. There's not the worst word in the history of humanity. Staycation. Because it's a portmanteau. That's when you join two words together, right? And uh, so the first word is stay and the second word is vacation. Smack them together, staycation. But that doesn't make sense because stay is to stay. Vacation is vacate is to leave. So how can you stay and leave at the same time, you silly bastard? Huh? So think about that before you tell someone you're going on staycation. You're not Houdini. Um, <laughs> and... But a lot of people go on sun holidays. It's a very Irish thing to do. I only ever went on one sun holiday. I'm more of a city break kind of fella. I'm usually like, come on, man, let's go to Rome, man. So that I can bring it, drag you to a fucking museum and make you look at a spear for four hours and then talk about how, oh man, can you even get it through your brain? It's 3,000 years old. And then Kira's gone, yeah, yeah. Okay, can we go and get some gelato, please? Um... So I only ever went on once on holiday, and that was when I was 19. I was working in Tesco, and a friend of mine, his girlfriend, went to Crete um, for the summer, you know, working in bars with a load of her friends from college, from Triner, Triners. And we, him and me, were stuck working in Tesco. So he said, listen, do you want to come over to Crete with me? I was like, all right, whatever, man. Yeah, fucking holidays, man. Yeah, partying. Yeah, it's going to be the best ever. It's going to be the best night, week, 10 days of my life. It's going to be fucking, I'm going to be, you know, having orgasms up my eyeballs. Uh, let me tell you, it was the worst 10 days of my life. It was an ordeal. I hated it so much with a passion. Some of it, like when I went over there first, all those, they were like South Dublin rich kids that we had to live with. And they were cunts they were like all right yeah come on through here yeah just put sit down there wherever you want yeah 
Oh, and then one girl went to it like this. Jesus, Shane, your legs are so thin. They're like chicken legs. And she wasn't saying it in fun. She was saying it in actual shock and horror. She was actually disgusted. Because she'd been around fucking big Dublin, South Dublin guys who go to gyms, you know, <laughs> with their tanned legs. Not me with my fucking, I look like a vampire from Norway who hadn't eaten these vegetables or gotten sleep in six days. Who drinks coffee at 12 o'clock at night, you know. So we got off to a bad start. And the other really bad thing was I had only for the whole 10 days, I'd only brought three, 400 quid, 400 euros. And when I said that to them over there, I mean, that's for eating, drinking and everything. <laughs> 400 quid for 10 days. But see, to me at that time, 400 quid seemed like a lot of money. So for 10 days, I thought, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> when I said that to them, they were looking at me like I was, I was um, scum. They looked at me like a, you'd look at a, you know, a mixture of pity and disgust like you'd see a you know when you see a a badger at the side of the road after getting hit by a car and he's got his bowels hanging out into the road with maggots and all that and you look at him with pity for getting hit but then you look at him with disgust that's the way they looked at me with my 400 quid and it was a nightmare I hated the whole fucking ordeal never again went on a sun holiday Um, you know because I used to have to stay in because I didn't have money well, they all went out partying and I said to stay in this apartment. It was like 38 degrees, which was something I'd never experienced. Just constant heat. Um, and one time I went swimming and I can't swim, but I went down to the water and everyone was looking at my pale fucking. I look like um, I, did, I actually looked like someone from the famine. And I went into the water, you know, just kind of jumping around a bit. And my legs were always touching the ground. And then. You know, one instant, my legs weren't touching the ground no more under the water. And I panicked and I started fucking flailing around. Isn't that stupid way to, that your body deals with drowning? You know, like you start drowning, your instinct kicks in. It takes over. And instead of doing anything useful, you just flail around and go, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> stupid. But anyway, that's what started happening to me. Blah, blah, blah. And there was a little girl going by in a lilo, a pink lilo. And uh, she went by. And you know, when you <laughs> when you panic, man, you know, you're not under control of your senses or anything. Anyway, I jumped up, tried to get on the lilo. Fucking <laughs> this little girl looking at this fucking pale fucking sea wraith coming out of the water. Pulled her down, pulled her into the water. So now me and the little girl were drowning. But my friend and um, his girlfriend came and saved me. Um, and I walked, remember walking up the beach and there, was a, there wasn't even people laughing. There was just everyone staring in silence. I was shocked, stunned. I've never heard a beach silent with so many people on it. You know, there was, you could just hear tears in the background. Um, and then we were coming home, thank God. And we had booked the, the, we booked a ferry from Crete to Athens because our flight was from Athens and the ferry was at nine o'clock in the morning. It was going to take nine hours and then we'd arrive in Crete at like, 
so I was leaving at nine, nine hours at six, and our flight then was at uh, eight o'clock or something. All right. So we gets there. We stayed up all drinking all the night before, as like that's a thing you do for some reason. If you're leaving at nine in the morning, you stay up all night the night before, um, and then knock out the nine-hour ferry trip by sleeping. All right, that's what that was what the plan was. So we got to the fucking place and we were trying to get on the ferry, and my man was and we were pissed, wrecked, hadn't slept in like twenty-four hours. My man was like, "Hey, where are you going?" But he said it in more of a Greek way, and I said, "Oh, we're trying to we're getting on the ferry." He goes, what? He go, uh, I said, yeah, the ferry's leaving at nine. And he was like, yeah, but it's not leaving till nine o'clock at night. Oh. Well, oh. Joan was standing there in shocked silence. Oh, no. So what we had to do. Oh, so that means we were going to miss our flight. You know what I mean? That means we were going to have to wait till nine o'clock, miss our flight. And plus, I had no money. Neither did my friend. I had a fiver. So we went back to the ferry place. We're like, please, can we get a refund? So that we can try and get a flight from here to to, to Athens. We've no money. We're stuck. We've made a mess. Mess up. Can we please? And your mom was like, no. No. We begged. I was on my knees. Please. Please. Can you just give it to us? I'm starving. We've no money. We've, we can't get home. No, she says. So I was distraught. I was like, I'm going to be stuck in this fucking horrible hellhole forever. You know, because they're the thoughts that go through your head, especially in those days. Um, in 2005, you know, we were very primitive people. So I left and I went to the phone box and I had about two euro coin in my pocket and that was it. Put it in, dialed my mother's house. No answer. She was making minestrone or something. Got to the message, voicemail, and I said, this is kind of exactly what I said. Imagine getting this from your son in Crete for the first time. Hi, mom. Um, I have no money. We're stuck in Crete. I can't get home. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I said to my poor mother in the voicemail. And when I was coming back from the phone, I saw my friend, he came out with the money. He had managed to get it off the woman. I don't know how, because we begged. We fucking begged. And I don't want to think how he did it. Sexual favors or something. I don't know. Maybe he... I don't, listen, I don't even want to get into it. But we were... We, so we went to the airport. But it turned out we were still short money from a flight from Crete to Athens to get the other flight home. And we were short like 25 euro. So we were walking around the airport going, what are we going to do? The flight's in like four, four hours or three hours or something. What are we going to do? So, I don't know, I think it was my idea to come up with, why don't we just ask someone, can we borrow 20 quid off them and tell them that we <laughs> we'll give them the money later. And now bear in mind, we, I stunk because I hadn't showered in fucking 10 days. I had no money. I looked pale as fuck. Been awake for 36 hours, sticking a drink and everything, just smelly fucking, looking like scum in the airport. And wearing an Irish jersey. And um, because that's what you think when you're on holidays. If you put on an Ireland jersey, man, the women will flock to you. No, uh, they don't. <laughs> Not necessarily so. So we went to uh, the, uh, the airport. So I saw two guys and I, I was like, all right, I'll go up and ask them. And when I was walking up, I realized they were English. Oh, no. Oh, fucking no. Because I could hear them talking. They were saying like, oh, fucking Crete. It's br- brilliant, isn't it? Let's go up road for our pint in Crete. 
right? <laughs> well, something to that effect. So I got up and there ain't no wrong with Crete, I tell you that. So I went up and I was like, hi. <laughs> I, uh, I'm t- me and my friend are 20 euro short for a flight. Can we borrow it off you? I swear to God, we'll give it back to you, man. I swear to God. And they looked at me. Do you know, like when you see a badger at the side of the road? Like that, except, um, you know, you've no pity on him because he had sex with your wife. You just see he's disemboweled, um, these disemboweled remains on the road and you're going, that's disgusting. That's what they were looking at me like. Like they were probably looking at me like going, like if it was you, you'd be going, who is this fucking cunt? I mean, no, I'm not giving this guy money. Fuck off. But in my head, because I could see it in their eyes. I thought I could see it in their eyes. They were going, fucking Mick. <laughs> fucking, fucking scrounging Mick. They're all a fucking sign, ain't they? So I didn't even say anything. They just stared at me in disgust. One of the lowest points of my life, actually, when I think about it. One of the lowest of the low points of my life. I don't think I've ever gotten over that. Prost, traumatic, begging, British cunt dis- disorder. Let's take a sip of my water. Um, anyway, we managed, after that, we managed, his girlfriend's parents paid for the 20 quid or something. I can't remember. It was some fucking way we got home. And it was an ordeal. It was like the Odyssey. It was, you know, it was Greeks. So it was like um, Homer's Odyssey. That's what it felt like. It was my own personal one. And when I got home, everything was fine. And about two years later, I was at my computer, in my family computer that my mother uses. And I was looking up something like how to, I don't know, make, how to make hash brownies, something like that. And when I went down, John, when you type in like how your previous search terms of will come up of the stuff that you looked how, you know what I mean? So I typed in how to and what pops up in the, <laughs> in the history how to find my son in Crete. <laughs> That's what my mother was Googling. How to find... She heard my voicemail. She went straight to Google. How to find my son in Crete. Anyway, that's why I hate sun holidays. Um. So this week is going to be kind of a shorter podcast because... I'm in Kerry, I'm in Trillium on my holidays, plus I also forgot to bring the opening music, so, uh, you know, the intro music, (laughs) so, uh, you know, just pretend that it's here, and uh, maybe I can entice you in the meantime to sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast, and patreon.com, so enjoy the show, and I'll see you back in Dublin next week, God bless you all. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast with me, your host, Shane Clifford. It is August the 14th, I think. (laughs) 
I'm so bad with dates and numbers. I'm going to tell you, I just I didn't realize how bad I was until that I did this podcast. But um, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, it is coming to you live, like I said, from Chirley. I'm down here in my mother's house down in the um, the heartland of where I, I grew up. And uh, I'm in my bedroom that I uh, was in as a child. And I'm, like I said, I'm being haunted by the ghosts, man, of the past. I walked past a place the other day where I found a dead rabbit or a dying rabbit one time and I was on ecstasy and my mother had texted me and told me to come home and when I was walking home I was like oh no she's going to know you know the state of my eyes and I saw just around the corner from my house a rabbit dying uh, on the floor now when you I don't know if you've ever taken um, any form of um, MDMA but when you take it you are like uh, not that I've taken it in, when's the last time? 15, 15 or more years, but I uh, saw, you know, you get very empathetic towards things. You'd be hugging people that you fucking hate. You'd be f- fucking telling fellas that you can't stand, that you love them. You'd be telling them your deepest, darkest secrets about your granddad. And they'd be telling you the same. And then you see each other in the town next week, you don't even look at each other. It's horrible. But... Um, I was walking up and I was like, well, she's going to see me. She's going to fucking see my eyes, man. How am I going to get out of this? She's waiting up for me, like. And I saw the rabbit dying and I was like, oh, my God, I have to save this rabbit. And so I brought him home. And he died in my arms and I, I cried. And But me bringing a bloody dying rabbit into the house was sufficient enough to distract my mother from my face. And they buried him out the back garden the next day. She must have been thinking, my, my son is odd. <laughs> hmm, I think my son might be odd. <laughs> oh, um, Martina, what did your son do the weekend? Oh, he, uh, you know, he played went playing with the under-17s and he went to the cinema with his girlfriend and he, you know, did his study for the leaving cert. What, what about your son? He came home with a dying rabbit and cried and then asked me to bury it because he couldn't go through with it. And that's what my son did. Um, but, you know, that's just the, one of the little things that make up life. And, um, you know, but it's been good to be back in Shirley. Not much has changed since I left, which is like six months ago because, well, because of the lockdown, nothing's happened. So everything is still almost exactly the same. Even... Uh, to the extent I mean there's hardly anyone walking around but that was the case most days anyway uh, but I have noticed a few things like the coffees down here are not good compared to the coffees up in Dublin you know what I mean like if you get a cappuccino down here it's just going to be milky as it's going to be milky like um, like a newborn baby's mother's you know um, lactation uh, devices her breasts but, uh, you know, up in Dublin, they have cream. But this is just hardly any coffee taste, just cream. And I used to think certain places in Tralee, before I went up to Dublin, had lovely coffee. And I had some. And no, they don't. It's just I didn't know what good coffee was. You know what I mean? It's like if you've ever only seen one film, you've only seen E.T., the extraterrestrial. You go around telling everybody, oh, extraterrestrial film, E.T. is brilliant. You go, it's fucking amazing, man. And then they show you another, they say, what other films have you seen? None. 
But I've seen E.T. the Extraterrestrial and it's brilliant. But then they show you other films like Jurassic Park and Species and um, Rio Bravo. And you go, oh, fucking hell, these are good. And E.T. is not that good. So it's all about the theory of relativity, as, as uh, described by Arnold uh, Albert Einstein. Um, apart from the coffee, it is good to be back home in Shirley. It's like, you know, when you... It's like you. it's good to come here and visit me. I don't think I'd live here again, but it's good to come and visit. It's good to be... It's, it's enjoyable to visit once you know you're getting out. You know, when you're stuck in like a small town, that's that can be tough, man. Um, because... It, it feels sometimes like there's no way out. There's no way of getting to, there's no way of getting to the big smoke. But then when you get to that big smoke, you want to go to a bigger smoke. You want to go to fucking New York or London. And then when you get to that smoke, you want to go to the biggest smoke there is, New York City. You want to be living in fucking Queens. So it's a long way from Tralee to Queens. Um, but we're getting there slowly and surely. But I, you know, I like I do I do like it down here. But everything's locked down, you know. So it's hardly anyone walking around. Hard to get a decent cappuccino. <laughs> you Dublin cunt coming down complaining about cappuccinos. That's what people are probably saying. Um, so what did I do? Well, I came home and the next day I hung around with my sister and her cat, Gus. And then I went down to my friend Niall Horan's house. Not that Niall Horan. Although he does get messages from... People, he had a message from a, a guy a couple of weeks ago saying he'll never be, if he sees him, he's going to kill him for what he said about Selena Gomez. He got that, he got that message on Facebook. <laughs> it took him a few minutes to realize that, uh, that he was meant to be talking to someone. He was like, what the fuck did I say about Selena Gomez? Who is Selena Gomez? Was, yeah, so I called on to him. He had kegs of beer, nice pints, man. It was, you know, it was actual pints. First time I've had actual pints in months, and pints like I, I I could drink six cans and I'd be okay, but six pints hits different. You know what I mean? Your legs start getting a bit heavy. You start getting like there's an anchor weighing tie onto your toe, each of your toes, anchoring you down to the ground. You know, it starts feeling like that after a while. So, but we drank till five in the morning, and then uh, I went home, slept, drank again Sunday night, Monday which was yesterday, went with Kira and her family to Killarney fucking National Park. We rented bikes in the sun and we cycled around for five hours. Five hours of cycling. My hole is broke. Broke up. Killarney National Park is lovely. You know, it's a fucking national park. Got the Killarney lakes and all that shit, you know, and you've wildlife. And we are I hired bikes. Now, I haven't cycled in years, man, because first of all, I used to cycle around when I was small and, you know, in where I grew up. I got a bike when I was three with stabilizers, a BMX. And then I stopped cycling. I started doing, you know, drawing pictures and writing stories and I stopped cycling. And then I tried to start cycling again when I was about 17. And, you know, that fucking saying, you never forget how to ride a bike bullshit that's lies that's clean lies there's clean lifting in those lies that is not right because I fucking could not cycle a bike after being able to cycle couldn't do it what do I do move my legs forward I have no balance I kept falling off the fucking thing the wheels kept turning sideways you know it was embarrassing 
to be a 15, 16 year old and I actually forgot how to cycle a bike. Um, but then I started cycling again when I was in my mid-twenties around Shirley, but I went over the handlebars too many times. And one time, it was downtown in front of traffic and I did join that slow fall over the handlebars. Like it went, like it took 15 minutes. I pressed brakes and my I slid off the seat and my feet were on the ground, but they kept going step by step forward and the back of the bike came up behind me and hit me in the back of the head and I fell down and I said no more of this fucking embarrassment uh, so I stopped cycling then again but uh, I start I, I cycle around it's not easy to cycle around a national park um, but I swear to god my arse cheeks are like fucking someone put you know like I got branded two lines going up in the, uh, from where the bike seat was like I was a cow in a field branded with the number 11 on his hole. Um, but it was a nice day out, you know, and I, I've never seen a deer in real life. Never in my life. And they all, they have deer in Killarney National Park, but people, are, I, I said it to my girlfriend's family, can we go there, you know, and look at the deer in, during this certain part of the park? And they were like, no, because you can get, a, they have ticks apparently and you can get Lyme disease that is a park that is full of places where you can get Lyme disease apparently but I did see a squirrel um, and squirrels are like rats with uh, um, part, with a like a rat with a with a t-shirt on but I did have fun you know I did get to do things that uh you know, you wouldn't be able to normally do like I got a 99. I haven't had a 99 in Dublin at all. I don't even know if Dublin is a place where you can get 99s. Now, my uh, foreign listeners might not know what a 99 is. I'll explain. It's an ice cream cone, vanilla ice cream on a cone, piled up high and with a flake bar. Now, a flake bar is like a twirl bar without a without a jacket and you put it on. You, you put it into the 99. Okay? Like a candy bar. You just put it into your your ice cream. And you lick it and you eat the, the chocolate. But there are certain techniques you can use. Like you can push the... Um, this is what I do. A lot of people do different things. Some people take out the 99 and just eat it. The bar. The flake. Some people take out the chocolate. Sprinkle it all over the fucking... The fucking ice cream. You know, break it up and sprinkle it over. Uh, my thing, and one of the most common things you can do, I'm not tell, I'm not saying that I'm a fucking pioneer of 99s here. I'm not saying I'm some sort of, um, like I'm after uh, inventing punk for 99s. You know what I mean? Like I'm Stex Pistols of 99s. I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? I'm, what I'm saying is, uh, I do what a lot of people do, which is, push the 19 the bar the 99 bar into the ice cream push it in push it down into the cone so that way you eat the cone you lick it like a normal cone like a like a child would do and then when you get down to the cone the ice cream is gone at the top what's left a fucking ice cream cone stuffed with ice cream and chocolate it's gorgeous 
And I got a 99 um, yesterday for the first time in months because 99s used to be a big part of my life, big part of every Irish person's life. But I don't think that there are a lot of 99s in Dublin. I haven't seen them anyway. They're too busy eating sorbets where I'm from, where I live in Portobello. You know, they're walking around with their artisan ice creams in Rathmines, Rathcar, Rathgar, Rathkeel. No, wait, Rathkeel's in Limerick. But... They, uh, you know, they're too fancy for a fucking 99s where I'm from. I got to get to the north side to get a decent 99. Remember when you were a child and some older, like a, a brother or some, your friend's brother, Martin, you'd say, hey, our Shane, bye. Go into the shop there, man. Get me an ice cream. What you want, Martin, a 99? No, not a 99. I want one of those new ones, a 69. All right. So you were like fucking eight. And you go into the counter and there'll be a girl behind the counter and you go, Hi, can I get a 69, please? And, and they'd all have a great laugh for you and the clue what was going on. You know what I mean? It wasn't until you hit 14 or 15 you were like, That Martin, that bastard. Seven, it was a joke on you that took seven years to hit the punchline. Which is a great joke, actually. I met a man, actually, over the weekend. I was drinking... Um, in a friend of mine's house and on Sunday night and there was a guy there in his 50s and I, I was asking him about you know how were you getting on during the lockdown how was truly during the lockdown he says this is what they wanted I was like who man this is what who wanted he said your lot I said what do you mean my lot who's what fellas from Gallows Field Tralee what do you mean my lot this is what they wanted man communists first of all he insinuated that communists were my lot. Like I'm walking around with the communist manif- manifesto in my hands or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm coming down to Tralee from Dublin, uh, spreading my um, my my uh, nefarious and w- weird ideas amongst the townspeople, like invasion of the body snatchers. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm coming down here with a cap, preaching about collectivization of farms. Actually... I was walking down, you see a lot, I forgot how many cows there are down here. Like, seeing cows is just part of your daily life when you live down here, you know, you forget about that. Um, and you'll notice this if you ever walk past a field of cows, right? If you're walking past a field of cows with high bushes and a gate. And when you get to the gate, you know, the opening, and the cows are in there, they all look at you. They all turn and look as if they were just in the middle of talking about you. You know, when you're walking... <laughs> You know when you walk into a room and everything just goes quiet and people just look over at you and you're like, fucking, they're talking about me. Cows are like that all the time. It's like they're talking about you morning, noon, and night and you catch them in the act, nearly. And they look at you with their big, beautiful eyes. Cows have big, beautiful eyes, big, beautiful brown eyes that you can get lost in. But if you look at their eyes and you kind of you kind of think about it for two seconds, you realise, yeah, okay, they have big, beautiful, brown, soulful eyes, but actually there's nothing going on behind them. You can tell. They're empty inside. And thus, right for slaughter. <laughs> no. No, I like cows. But, um, what was I talking about? Shit, I lost my, my, train, my train of thought. Something about, oh, communists. Um, yeah, oh, so this guy thought I was a communist, or he said, you're a lot of one, communists. I was like, what are you talking about, man? He goes, this is what they want. They want all the pubs closed down. 
This is his theory. They want all the fucking pubs closed down. I was like, why? Why would they want that? Why would the government or the powers that be, who are Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil and the Greens, you know, about as far from communists as you can get without being fascists, are, you know, why are they trying to push a... Co- <laughs> this, and he was serious. At first I thought he was joking. But he's serious. He said, they want to stop us from drinking in pubs. They want to stop us from congregating in pubs. So that he doesn't. they don't want us talking. They don't want us organizing. They don't want us getting together with big ideas and working out big ideas together in pubs, in rooms, all up and down the country. What they want, this is what he said. They want it to be like Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, you could go to the supermarket and wait in line. Now this is him, not me. This is what he said. Wait in line for five hours for a cabbage. And then buy, you can get as much vodka as you want. For five cents. So what they want you to do is wait in line for get, going home with your cabbage and your two liters of vodka to cost fuck all ten cent. Going into your house and drinking your straight vodka by yourself. And just getting beat down by your own, um, uh, your own fucking uh, thoughts and vodka. And that's what they want. That's what this guy was telling me. Um, he reckons they want that. They want us all sneaking around the place. Uh, they want us all ratting on each other. They want us all be leaving the country like uh, they were doing. People were leaving this country, going on holidays, and they're taking their PPS number in order to uh, make sure that they weren't on the dole. He was like, that's the communists. <laughs> the Stasi. It's like East Germany, he said, in 1973. So I was like, this guy is full of shit. I was like, I bet you they even had pubs in Soviet Russia. And I went and I googled it. And guess what? They fucking didn't. They didn't have pubs in Soviet Russia for that precise reason. They didn't want people getting together, organizing, you know, talking it over with a few drinks, getting loose-lipped, saying let's kill fucking Brezhnev or whoever was in charge at the time. They wanted people at home alone getting too drunk to move. Now, uh, this is the same man who maybe two years ago told me that the reason that the Charlie accent is different from any other accent in Kerry is because people from Cork fled the black and tans in 1922 or 1920, whenever they burned it down and that they were saying, hey, Hey, hi, hi, bye. Hey, old doll. Where are we going to go now? And someone said, well, go to America, old doll. Uh, you know, they've got the land of plenty. They've You get a bazaar there for five, five fucking dollars, right? But they couldn't afford to leave from Queensland, which was which is Cove now. So a cheaper place to leave was from Blennerville, which is just outside Tralee. And this is what he told me. He said, they came from Cork. And they just came to Tralee, man. And they ran out of money. They said, fuck it, we'll just stay here. And then they spread their accent, the Cork accent around Tralee. Anyway, listen, that's what he told me before. I think I told you that before. Um, so he's convinced 
that they want us that, that this whole lockdown is there to just control us. It's nothing to do with any COVID-19. It's more fucking keep them out of pubs and keep them away from each other. Now, I shouldn't be here spreading his fucking crazy, <laughs> crazy propaganda. But it's just interesting that there are people out there who actually believe in all these, um, in all these, what are they called? Conspiracies. Like, that's what's spreading around the place. That we're being taken over by fucking Bolsheviks. That we're all going to be working in collective farms. You know, that's what some people believe. I have another friend who who won't take the vaccine when it comes out. He's an anti-vaxxer. He's one of those guys who's like, no to vaccines, man. Um, And he even said to me, like he's not... You know, he said, if I, if I fucking, you know, those vaccines, man, they give you autism. I was like, they don't. He was like, they do, man. They give you fucking, they make, there's a lot more aut- autistic kids these days on the spectrum because of them, because of the fucking vaccines. I was like, that's bullshit, man. He said, I'm telling you, it's true. And he said, if I, I feel so strongly about this. If I had a time machine, I'd go back in time and make my mom not give me, not give me vaccine so I was like you know um, that's stupid man because that suggests that if you stopped your mother if you needed to stop your mother from giving you um, vaccine back in time that suggests that you think that there's something wrong with you now you know that the vaccines affected you gave you uh, autism I said so does that mean you're telling me that you are uh, that vaccines have made you autistic is that what you're telling me but he never answered. He just, he just kept on, you know, playing with his iPad. Um, but the Cold War, man, you know, communists—that all fucking fascinates me. Uh, all those spies is crazy. Did you see? Do you know what I watched recently? Icarus. Have you seen that? I know it's not really the Cold War, but it's kind of, uh, you know, Russia still has that kind of um, culture, the KGB. Uh, Icarus is about this um, this guy who was the the what's it called the whistleblower. He blew the whistle. <laughs> boys, boys, there's something fucking happening over here, man. He blew the whistle on the Russians doping in the in the Olympics. Like they were doping every fucking. Every Tom, Dick and Harry, you'd be going, hey, man, I'd love to run the Olympics. Here you go, fucking cocaine or whatever it was. I don't think it was cocaine. But, you know, here you go, boy. Then I'd come first. I'd come first in uh, women's wrestling, you know, souped up to fucking uh, my eyeballs with um, whatever dopamine or whatever the fuck it is. And this guy was the whistleblower and the Russian government are still trying, they're still, I even read an interview with him, this film came out three years ago, they're trying to hunt him down and kill him, for being a rat, he's a fucking rat, That his whole fucking family are rats, like Goodfellas, Goodfellas, what a film man, one of the best films ever made, it's one of those, everyone says it about Goodfellas, but I've seen Goodfellas about 50 times, and it's still one of those things that's on TV, you keep watching it, 
you come across it and you're half, you know, it's halfway true, but you stay watching it. It's just, he's fucking rant. His whole family were fucking rants. They should do a good fellas from, from Tralee. He's a rat, buddy. He's from Spa Road. <laughs> Never trust a fella from fucking Stacks Phyllis. Um, but yeah, the cold, like, that you should watch that, Icarus. It's all about, uh, it starts off as something else. It starts off as a stupid documentary that they were making about a guy who was going to inject himself with um, performance enhancing drugs and taking part in animal or, or amateur cycling races in order to see if they would help him win. You know, and that was going to be the, that was the documentary. But then it changes into this fucking international espionage. Vladimir Putin's trying to kill my friend kind of thing. So I recommend it, especially if you like things where Vladimir Putin tries to kill your friends. Um, So I have some emails and I'm going to finish off it. It's so hot down here in Kerry. Hot to trap, man. Um, this is from a lady called Ashling Dunney Donovan, I think. Hi, Shane. Love the podcast. I'm from Limerick and my boyfriend is from Tralee. Fair play. Nice match. Limerick and Tralee. Um, it's sort of like, to me, Limerick and Tralee. It's like having sex with your cousin. <laughs> if you go out with someone from Limerick, it's like it's. It's too close. You know, we're me and Limerick and Tralee are like very close uh, cousins. You know what I mean? People from Limerick, they're like, uh, yeah, we're just very similar, I think. Like Limerick is basically a big Tralee, Limerick city. Anyway, uh, sorry for implying incest in your relationship. We spent eight hours listening to you driving from Banff to Vancouver kept us alive and laughing the whole way. Ah, thank you very much. I have a theory. Okay, here we go. From spending time at my boyfriend, I think that Kerry people, or maybe just Tralee people, are a different breed of humans. Now this, this is something that is worrying. A different breed of humans. We're a different breed of humans. We are, you know who said that as well? There was a fella in 1930s in Germany called Adolf Hitler. He said that about a bunch of fellas too. (laughs) Anyway, she goes, hear me out. Okay, okay, maybe you're not calling for, uh," because that's what happens. They say, "Ah, aren't they a bit different? Truly, next thing you know, uh, you know what? Let's let's get involved with uh, some eugenics and try and change the Tralee people. Next thing you know, we're inside and camp something fucking mayo. Um, hear me out. You are a little bit wilder and rougher around the edges than most people I know. A Welba is usually followed by some outrageous story from Tralee that I can hardly believe. From climbing up drain pipes in Santa Panza, lighting each other on fire in Nolan's garage, to... <laughs> Lighting each other on fire in Nolan's garage. I'm actually trying to think who was that. Because I know people who work there are used to. To rampant alcohol abuse involving Baraka Boost being mixed with Tesco Value Vodka and Dutch Gold. See, you're saying this is outrageous, but that to me seems normal. A rampant alcohol abuse involving Baraka Boost being mixed with Tesco Value Vodka and Dutch Gold. That's, I am, like, the Baraka Boost is probably the least offensive of those three things. Mixing vodka and Dutch gold, I think I have done it in the past. You know, when you get to those house parties and there's no drink left at four o'clock in the morning, only uh, sherry and fucking 
sherry and perno inside in the press that your nan your nan heads keeps hidden behind the fucking washing machine um it's hard she goes she goes on it's hard to comprehend how these boys and girls are still alive today uh thoughts are we a different breed of people in Shirley? um uh i i mean we are humans <laughs> We are human beings, I will say that. But are we a different breed? I think because, you know, you're probably, let's say you're mid to late 20s to early 30s. You're in that category. And so is your boyfriend probably, and so are his friends. So they grew up around the same time as me, or maybe a little bit younger. And uh, growing up in Tralee, there's not a lot to do. Except fucking drink, man. Especially when you're young. Uh, there's nothing. I can't even think of one other thing to do. Let me think. Playing chasing. Uh, playing kiss and chase. Kiss chasing. Playing Royer over and then drinking and injecting yourself with speed. Those are the only fucking things that, can, that you can do in Trilly. Now, I don't know. I can't speak for, I don't know fucking Charleville just the name a town off the top of my head I don't know if it's like that in every other town but I also believe that us from Trilly us Trilly folks we're so salt of the art man we don't take no bullshit so um, I think uh, we will tell you the truth about our crazy and sick lives Whereas people from, let's say, Killarney are, um, where else is there in Ireland that's a bit up themselves? Um, Skibbereen will uh, augment their stories and uh, hide the real terrible things that go on in a house party or in a night out or with flames in a garage. Like even just thinking of things that I've seen in my life in Shirley, I've seen, um, I've seen men stand on a table in a nightclub and shit into a pint glass. I've seen pregnant women, heavily pregnant women, out of their mind in ecstasy. You know, I've seen, um, I've seen people snorting coal by themselves in their house. Just me and them. They're like, do you want to see something? I said, well, here's watch me snort coal. I've seen that. I've seen a fella in a house party sitting there listening to uh, Oasis and somebody just walk into the room. This is about seven o'clock in the morning and break their nose, splatter blood all over the wall. I've seen that just for no reason. And you know what? The house party kept going. Um, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. (laughs) What's that from? Oh, Blade Runner. Um, and I don't think we're any different. I'm sure Limerick, you're from Limerick. I'm sure Limerick has their fucking tail, a tail or two. Limerick people. You know what I mean? We're like their little cousins. I'm sure they've been fucking. I mean, I think anything that Tralee can do, I think Limerick can do it better. Maybe, maybe your boyfriend's friends are just fucking right on party animals. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just the fucking best drinkers in that, you know. And they'll tell you the crazy stories. Um, 
so I don't know for a different breed of, <laughs> of human. Um, and then she said, P.S. We appreciate your efforts of art conversation behind the Tralee Courthouse. I hate cunts forever. We even hand-painted our own I hate cunts mugs in Vancouver to help spread awareness. That is amazing. Now, if you don't know, there was, uh, or there still is, because I walked past it uh, a couple of days ago, a little area behind the courthouse in Shirley that's, and there's, there's graffiti on it. And it says, I hate cunts. <laughs> I H-A-C-U-N-T-Z. You know, it's a bit abstract, a bit modern. You know, it's a bit, it's art. I hate cunts. And I think it should be kept, like, protected. Because it's kind of fading away now. Because who doesn't hate cunts? You know what I mean? Cunts are some of the worst people on the planet. <laughs> you know? Except for some cunts, they're okay. Um, But it, it's cool that you have little mugs that say, I hate cunts in them. I might actually make I Hate Cunts t-shirts, get some merch going. Um, but thank you for your email and thank you for spreading awareness of, of hating cunts. Uh, it is, I've been talking now for an hour and I'm sweating. I'm on my holidays, you know, and uh, so I'm going to leave you um, and uh, stay safe out there. Stay, stay fucking dog wild to the last, as we say in Shirley, and have a very Merry Christmas. Cheers, nice one. Thanks and hobnob. God bless you all.